This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 49 of the 60-day legislative session, where a select group of state lawmakers spent the weekend trying to work out differences between the House and Senate budgets. Just think of it as a high-stakes version of Let's Make a Deal. And if you're a teacher waiting on that $1,000 bonus requested by the governor, you may already be a loser. You know, we just thought there were other things that could be done with that money other than, you know, giving teachers bonuses. Once again, Ron DeSantis is dismissing the medical experts when it comes to COVID. While the CDC says people who are vaccinated should continue to wear a mask, DeSantis insists it is not necessary. If the vaccine's effective, why would you need to be wearing two masks, you know, like some of these folks are doing? It doesn't make sense. So I think the messaging on this has been horrific. You know, if you do it, you, know, you, sh- you should act immune and, and you, should, you should enjoy yourself and, uh, and, and have confidence in it. But Dr. Anthony Fauci says there's a reason to keep your mask on even after you've been vaccinated. You might get infected and get absolutely no symptoms, not know you're infected, and then inadvertently go into a situation with vulnerable people. And if you don't have a mask, you might inadvertently infect them. The governor also has problems with the way the feds have handled the pause on the J&J vaccine to investigate links to a rare form of blood clots. But Fauci says the pause could end by the end of the week. Florida's economic recovery may have hit the pause button in March as the unemployment rate remained unchanged at 4.7 percent. Miami-Dade County had the highest unemployment rate at 8.2 percent, followed by Sumter County at 6.6 percent. Monroe County had the state's lowest unemployment rate with 3.3%, followed by St. John's and Wakulla counties at 3.6% each. Florida added more than 30,000 new jobs in March, but that was offset when 40,000 people joined the labor pool. We'll also have your daily calendar of political events and the story of a Florida man who tried to escape from the hospital after police took him there to remove a cell phone from his butt. But first, a word from the sponsor. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged. This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB48. Paid for by Americans Prosperity, Florida. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Monday, April 19th. This is National Garlic Day, yet another great reason for social distancing and face masking. On this date in 1775, the American Revolution began in Lexington, Massachusetts. The shot heard round the world took place later that same day in Concord. In 1861, President Abraham Lincoln ordered the Union Navy to blockade Confederate ports. In 1927, actress Mae West was found guilty of obscenity and corrupting the morals of youth in a New York stage play entitled Sex. She was sentenced to 10 days in prison, fined $500, and the publicity launched her Hollywood career. And it was on this date in 1995 that Timothy McVeigh set off a truck bomb outside the federal building in Oklahoma City, killing 168, injuring 500. The Florida Department of Health reports 6,834 new cases of COVID. That is the highest number of cases on a Sunday since January. And remember, the Sunday casualty counts, they tend to be lower than weekdays because of the way data is collected and reported. The state also announced 35 additional fatalities Sunday. Florida has now reported 35,109 deaths, 2,169,000 cases since the pandemic began. 
We hit another milestone in the COVID crisis over the weekend as the state reported more than 8 million Floridians have now been vaccinated. More than 5 million Floridians are fully vaccinated against the virus. Almost 3 million are waiting on the second dose of Pfizer or Moderna. Once again, the governor's telling Floridians to ignore the medical experts and do what he says during the COVID crisis. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidelines recommend that people who are vaccinated should continue wearing masks in public, and it's only safe to remove them if everyone else in the room has been vaccinated. But Ron DeSantis says there is no good reason to wear a mask once you're fully vaccinated. And if you do, he says you're making other people doubt the effectiveness of the vaccines. You're telling people to get vaccine, and yet people that have been vaccinated for months are wearing two masks. Okay, so do the vac- I think the vaccines have been effective. I think that's why you see the senior hospitalization numbers have gone down and everything. So, so I, I advocate for it, but I also can't square if the vaccine's effective, why would you need to be wearing two masks, you know, like some of these folks are doing? It, it doesn't make sense. So I think the messaging on this has been horrific. The messaging should be, get a vaccine because it's good for you to do it. It works. You're not going to have to be uh, doing anything like abnormal. You can live your life. I mean, that has got to be what the message is. Unfortunately, I think the message has been very muddled when you tell people, oh, yeah, yeah, this is important. Go get the vaccine. But then you still got a social day. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't eat in a restaurant. Some of the people are still saying that kind of stuff. Uh, I think it's a huge, huge blunder uh, to be able to do it. So the challenge for us is going to be we're going to have vaccine available and you're not going to be able uh, to probably fill up the appointments. And and I think that that's going to be consistent throughout throughout the country. Um, so you know, my view is, is you know, if, you, if you get a vaccine, the vaccines are effective, you're immune. And so act immune. Uh, if you tell people the opposite, then, gee, you know, why if it's not effective for them and it's not going to change anything, then what's the point of going through it? I think it's been really, really problematic how they've messaged this. So in Florida, we've been very consistent about it. We think they're effective. We're not going to mandate anyone, of course, but we want to offer it to everybody, encourage people to do it, but then also let them know that you know, if you do it, you, know, you, sh- you should act immune and, and you, should, you should enjoy yourself and, uh, and, and have confidence in it. But Dr. Anthony Fauci says there are reasons they're asking you to keep wearing a mask even after you've had your shots. He was interviewed Sunday on NBC's Meet the Press and was asked about the governor's comments. This is something that as we get more information, it's going to be pulling back that you won't have to. But currently, the reason is that when you get vaccinated, you are clearly diminishing dramatically your risk of getting infected. That's one of the things we've got to make sure everybody understands. You dramatically diminish it. However, what happens is that you might get infected and get absolutely no symptoms, not know you're infected and then inadvertently go into a situation with vulnerable people. And if you don't have a mask, you might inadvertently infect them. Now, there's a small risk of that, but it's there. The other thing is that there may be variants that are circulating. We know New York area has their own variant, a 526. There's a South African variant. Fortunately for us, the 117 variant that is dominant in Europe and in UK is also now dominant in the United States. Thank goodness the vaccine works very well against that variant. 
The governor also has a problem with the way the CDC and the FDA have imposed a delay in the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccination after six cases out of seven million doses were linked to a rare form of blood clots. The governor seems to think the feds took it a bit too seriously and have made people far more hesitant to get vaccinated. What you're going to see in about a um, another year or another few weeks, you may we may even be there now, but certainly by May, there's going to be a surplus of vaccines. And so the, the challenge is going to be uh, people that are on the fence about it or don't really want to do it, let them know it's there and then you know, convince them to do it. Um, I, and I must say that you know, we're not helped in this regard by the behavior of some of these, these public health people, uh, particularly in the federal government. I mean, how they handled the J&J, I think, was a huge mistake. I mean, like we obviously, I don't know the information they have, but if you're going to do that, you could have done that in a way that was not going to cause a lot of people to lose confidence. If you look at how people see view J and J now, the, the the positive view plunged as a result. So I think it could have been handled better. But once again, Dr. Fauci says there are reasons for the pause in using the J and J vaccine. Well, you know, what we do, and that's why we keep saying we leave it to the science. We have the experienced FDA and CDC people who are looking at it and monitoring it. You know, there's one case, then two, three, four, and then when they got to six, they say we really need to pause. You know, hopefully it'll be a quite temporary pause to do a couple of things. One, examine that hopefully there are not several more out there to alert physicians, stay heads up for this. We're concerned it's a very serious complication, although it is extremely rare. You know, you have six cases in close to seven million people. The other thing about it that's important is that you want to let the physicians out there know who mm -hmm. might see women or anybody with this condition, that the standard way you would think about treating clots is with the anticoagulant heparin. That would be contraindicated in this case because heparin could actually make things worse. So there's a twofold reason for doing it. One, to pause and take a look in more yeah. detail about it. And two, to make sure that the physicians treat people appropriately. Fauci is expecting a final decision on restarting the J&J &J vaccinations by the end of the week. If you're confused about this conflicting advice, remember this. Throughout the crisis, Governor DeSantis has cherry-picked the numbers and withheld information from the public to try to minimize the perceived danger of the pandemic, frankly because he's worried about the health of the state economy. Fauci's top concern is the health of human beings. Last month, the governor announced he would ask the legislature to set aside enough money in the new budget to provide a one-time $1,000 bonus for every teacher and principal in the state. It was to be a reward for their work during the pandemic. We've seen folks work really hard all throughout the state, and we really appreciate it. And as, as a token of the appreciation, today I'm proposing um, and, and announcing my request to the legislature uh, to dedicate another $216 million so that we could do $1,000 bonuses for public school principals and classroom teachers for grades pre-K through 12. This proposal will provide a bonus to more than 3,600 principals and nearly 180,000 full-time classroom teachers. Uh, we think that the legislature will look favorably upon this, and um, we think it's something that's very appropriate. But state lawmakers who are negotiating details of the new budget say that's not likely to happen. Representative Randy Fine of Brevard County is the lead negotiator on education spending for the House, and he says those bonuses are not included. That's not contemplated by, by our offer. That's not part of the 50 million? No, that is, for, that is for actual pay. That is to increase salaries, not for bonuses, no. Why not? 
why isn't it for why is it for salaries and not bonuses? No, 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 no. Why, why is bonus not contemplated in this budget? Um, you know, we just thought there were other things that could be done with that money other than you know giving teachers bonuses. That's you know, I mean, I, I think gave them nice five hundred million dollars of compensation increase. We're proposing another fifty million in here. Um, we obviously do not set. Uh, local politicians get to decide what teachers get paid, and um, and there's plenty of money now for them to to make those decisions. Senator Doug Broxson of Gulf Breeze is the lead negotiator on education funding in the Senate, and he says the teachers have already been taken care of. Well, I think we've already established that last year in the $500 million we set aside. So the question is uh, really $50 million, and we'll talk about that later. You know, one of the, the things that we, we are very concerned about uh, money coming to Florida that does not go through the legislative process. We're the appropriators. So what we're trying to do is to reestablish our constitutional responsibilities and hopefully we can give a clear path of where we want to be in dealing with both the governors and universities and the school districts on how that money will be spent. The governor has been spending billions of federal COVID dollars on his own without running it through the legislature. GOP leaders did not challenge him last year, but they've apparently decided it's time to reclaim some of their authority. Gwen Graham is headed for Washington. President Joe Biden announced Friday he plans to nominate the former Florida congresswoman to serve as assistant secretary in the U.S. Department of Education. Graham is the daughter of former governor and Senator Bob Graham. She's also an attorney who worked as a legal counsel for the Leon County School Board before winning a congressional seat back in 2014. She served one term and chose not to seek re-election so she could run for governor, losing to Andrew Gillum in the Democratic primary. The statement from the White House announcing her appointment said Graham was known as one of the House's most bipartisan members while she was in Congress. No change in the jobless rate in the Sunshine State. Adrian Johnson is the chief economist at the Department of Economic Opportunity, and she says the unemployment rate in March was the same as February. Florida's seasonally adjusted unemployment rate in March 2021 was 4.7%. This represented 475,000 jobless individuals out of a labor force of 10,170,000. Total non-agricultural employment rose to 8,553,600 jobs in March 2021. This was up 32,200 jobs or 0.4% from February 2021. This figure is down 445,800 jobs from a year ago and over the year decline of 5%. In March 2021, Miami-Dade County had the highest unemployment rate at 8.2%, followed by Sumter County at 6.6%. Monroe County had the state's lowest unemployment rate with 3.3%, followed by St. John's and Wakulla counties at 3.6% each. You might think the jobless rate would go down after adding more than 30,000 jobs in March, but that was offset by the more than 40,000 people entering the job market. That's actually a good thing because it shows more people believe they can find work. And while most of the economic sectors reported job gains last month, Johnston says there were two that lost. Eight out of 10 major industry sectors in Florida gained jobs over the month. All major industries lost jobs over the year. Leisure and hospitality gained 9,100 jobs over the month, but still remains 236,000 jobs below last March's level. Financial activities industry gained 900 jobs over the month and was only down 0.4% below last March's level. The two industries to lose jobs over the month were government and manufacturing. The March 2021 seasonally adjusted local area data showed that 18 of the 24 metro areas in Florida had over the month job gains. The Miami, Miami Beach, Kendall metro area gained the most jobs with, with 6,900 
and Port St. Lucie grew the fastest at a rate of 1.3%. Other metro areas with notable job growth were the Orlando Kissimmee Sanford MSA with 6,400 jobs and the Jacksonville MSA with 5,100 jobs. There are still almost 450,000 fewer jobs in Florida now than there were last March, so the recovery has a way to go. Your calendar of events and Florida Man are next as we wrap up the Sunrise Podcast. In Florida, if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work. Welcome back to your Sunrise Calendar. The Senate Ethics and Elections Committee meets at 8.30 to consider confirmations of dozens of appointees, including the new secretary at the Department of Children and Families. The trustees of Seminole State College meet at 8.30. At 10, the Senate Appropriations Committee will tackle a number of issues, including a bill that's supposed to crack down on social media companies that block users, like Donald Trump, from their platforms. The House Democratic co-leader Evan Jenny is holding a media avail at 10. He'll be joined by Representative Fentrice Driscoll, Representative Tracy Davis, and Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed. The House Commerce Committee meets at 9. The House Pandemics and Public Emergencies Committee meets at 1. The House Judiciary Committee meets at 2.30. The trustees at Tallahassee Community College meet at 2.30. And the House Rules Committee meets at 6. Finally today, a Florida man who shoved a cell phone up his butt is busted after trying to escape from Jackson Memorial Hospital. 32-year-old Israel Granda of Medley was being held on a bevy of charges at the Miami-Dade Pretrial Detention Center when he tried to hide the phone where the sun don't shine. Police took him to the hospital where they gave him laxatives and an officer waited outside the bathroom for things to start moving. But Granda moved even faster. He snuck out through a ceiling tile and was discovered a short time later trying to escape through the garage. Granda is being held without bond on numerous charges, including conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, kidnapping a child, battery on an officer, and a prior escape charge. That's it for today's installment of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics. (laughs) 